0: Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. you are now Now, 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 now. listening to To, 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 the P13 Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the P thirteen podcast,
0: part two. It's our it's, first part two. This is our
1: first part two. If you don't know who those sweet sounds are coming through your headphones, that is the one and only Mister Thomas Conway. Hello. We also have another man with a beautiful voice and this l- beautiful looking beard on this side. So, for those who are <laughs> looking on the YouTube when you see this, hopefully, this is recording on our side. If not, you can look at his Instagram. His nickname is the Flexi Bull. It's Mister Jeff Wolf.
2: Thank you, guys. Part two. That's, Part that's two. quite an honor. The first one. Yeah. yeah. The clap was not as the clap was not as good though. But yeah, the first, you, okay. but the first clap was better. It's okay. The first clap was better. At least it's not the clap. That's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we may yeah. have
2: yeah. that out. We may have <laughs> Or keep it. Probably a good idea. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Uh, anyways. depends on your audience. <sighs> We're continuing our conversation from our previous episode, as you know, part two. This is going back to talking about strength and mobility and the importance of having both. And we, we just delved into a little bit of Jeff's background, how he got into this and talking about the importance of some of this flexibility. And we want to take this conversation a little deeper. Submarineal depth. Right.
0: Yeah, you've used that term before. We're we're Damn still it. not sure if it's a a valid like an actual term. word. Yeah, yeah. submarine. <laughs> I
1: typed it in Word doc. It says it's okay, and we'll see. All right, we'll, well, just we'll go allow it. it. We'll, we'll go with it. it. Yeah. All right.
0: So yeah. So uh, again, thanks again for joining us. Um, uh, so we're continuing to into... stay
1: on here, I don't know why, but you much appreciated.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After all, call is dirty jokes. Uh, so now we're going to dive into a little bit about. Um, maybe some more specifics around flexibility training and you know uh everyone has different goals with their training so maybe flexibility is not aligned with their goals perhaps um but you know as i've experienced and you jeff of course of course have experienced and seen with your clients that it provides a lot of benefits so why should people um regardless of whether they're an athlete or a gen pop person um, why should they want to incorporate flexibility into their training? And what, like, why should they want to improve their flexibility?
2: That's a good question. Um, I'll start by saying this. So, a lot of us probably work mostly with adults. I can't say in the past almost decade of coaching adults that an adult has come in with some sort of goal. And in pursuit of that goal, have they not needed in some capacity, flexibility, whether Mm -hmm. they know it or not? Yeah. Yeah. The The thing that people have to understand is that the body that you live in on a daily basis, people generally have a very low awareness level of their body, uh, in quite a few ways. You can take that as spiritually deep as you want it. You can take it as surface level as you want it. But the point is, a lot of people just are not in tune with what's going on, so they might feel like they don't need it uh, until they go to do something where it probably would have been a good idea if they had it. Um, you know, for four years I worked. Uh, funny, kind of since you asked earlier about my start, one of my really actually first starts was when I was helping build um, this affiliate in this this personal training business and group class business with who I consider my first mentor. Her name's Ashley. Uh, recently did an IG live with her actually. Oh, cool. Um, but I worked for a physical therapist, uh, for a few years. Yeah. Uh, he was a very, very good manual therapist, probably one of the, one, one of the best that I've ever, uh, dealt with ever. And, you know, obviously from baseball and from being a kid, you, you, you know, you've probably had some exposure, hopefully, you know, to physical therapist or manual therapy in some capacity, um, he really was the best manual therapist I've ever worked with. And his philosophy resolved, resolved, probably not revolved? the right word. Revolved. <laughs> his philosophy We can edit revolved. that out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His, his philosophy resolved. Um, yeah, no, his philosophy revolved around the hips and the sacrum. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I got to experience the the complete other end of the spectrum of performance, which is like, None like, yeah, like not even enough dysfunction,
0: dysfunction or pain,
2: yeah, yeah pain, dysfunction, but just uh, people, you know, and and uh, and it, it, we're talking like basic tasks, right? Yeah. Like, like I've seen people blow out their bicep tendon putting a box on a shelf, wow. Um, Oof. you know, I've seen skiing accidents, I've seen motor, you know, you name it, bicycle accidents, motorcycle accidents. Um, people with just the, the basic everyday neck tension, back this, whatever. Um, obviously seeing sports injuries, CrossFitters, yeah, um, you know, of back this. injuries, so, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I had a lot of exposure to that. And 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 just to be very frank, like the bottom line is that a lot of people just didn't have the joint capacity to do what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. um, whether it was directly related to the area they injured or they didn't have it somewhere else and it probably caused Uh, the injury to the area that they had. But the bottom line is if you're working with adults, the odds of somebody walking in and not needing any flexibility and just being like the perfect specimen in terms of range of motion, they have absolutely perfect range of motion in every major joint in their body, you're just not going to find it. It's if you do, it's a unicorn. Yeah. Um, and And I mean that from one end of the spectrum to the other, because I've worked with everything in the middle, all the way up to high performing professional athletes who make millions of dollars, for, you know, using their yeah, body to, yeah. do, to play a sport. So, and, and in no case can I ever say, oh yeah, you don't need any, any flexibility work, you know, mobility work, flexibility work. You guys will learn quickly that I don't really say mobility. I, I say only flexibility. That's just the word I use. Yeah. And that's because that's what it is. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I don't really see it. I've never yeah. really seen it, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. So
0: like you could have someone that comes into the gym and be like, I want to improve my squat. And so that's an example of them yeah. maybe thinking in the context of I want to get my squat stronger, but one of the things around getting a stronger squat, improving range of motion of the hips, um, yep, you know, flexibility of the quads, things like that. So that's kind of that's kind yeah, of yeah. And
2: these to. are things you'll find in, a, in an assessment, right? Like hopefully, if you're a personal trainer, you're assessing your clients. Um, so you know, you'll find that in an assessment. Yeah, you know, you'll you'll see. Okay, this what are you you know. It's the same old. You come in, you fill out the paperwork. Why are you here? What you know? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you? What are your hobbies? What do you do on the weekends? Do you have kids? Like all these different things, right? And you start to learn about them and their lifestyle. And as a coach who's coached people and knowing what those lifestyles require and whatever, you go okay. Like you now have this picture of, of what it they it is they do. Now let's see your joint range of motion. Let's see how your shoulders work. Let's see how your hips work. Let's see how your ankles, your feet. So you go from a head you go through a head to toe assessment, and you you'll find generally very quickly where they they lack certain ranges of motion. Yeah. Um and you know, and I can say confidently after 10 years that a lot of people have the same issues because they have the same lifestyles. Product of our environment. Mm A hundred percent. So you know that of course there's always like individual nuances to some degree, but you know, there there's a lot of things you can expect, right? Like no thoracic extension which means you're not generally going to have good scapular retraction, which means they're generally going to have tension through their neck. Their hip flexors and quads are going to be tight from sitting all day. Their glutes and hamstrings are going to be underdeveloped from sitting all day. Um, You know, or even standing all day because I've seen those two people who work in sales and retail or whatever. Um, You know, their ankles are going to be stuck at 90 degrees. Um, They're going to have probably at least a decent amount of external rotation in the hips, but probably zero little to no internal rotation in their hips. Um, so, you know, those are, those are basic things you're going to see in, in most people. Like if you, like, of course you'll get a few people that are like, Oh, everyone's unique and everyone's individual and this and that and the other, but it's like, we're there like 99.9999% yeah. the same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our genome, it might be slightly different, but like anatomically our bodies are pretty much the same and, and all of our joints should, you know, pretty much be doing the same thing within very small varying degrees. And, and so, you know, yeah, that's just kind of my my spill on it. Yeah. Yeah. And following up on that too, like I've,
0: I've had conversations with some of our members talking about flexibility. And one of the things I say is I have never met anybody that I would be like, you're too flexible. Like you have too much range of motion. It just doesn't happen. And then also too, like you mentioned the body awareness thing. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of it. And there's a lot of people that we've worked with and just someone recently, I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, had a really hard time like feeling, oh, actually it's it's Shayna. What's up, Shayna? Hi, Shayna. Little shout out to Shayna. <laughs> She's gonna love the shout-out. But she Hi, like Shana. She, yeah, <laughs> to. Uh, she could not understand how to feel her lats contracting. And this was just yesterday. I was working with her helping her try to find her lats. And we finally kind of did, but I mean that's that's a that's a real situation. A lot of people don't know when muscle x is contracting or being stretched and that can be pretty yeah. pretty dangerous when you're when you're doing a lot of certain
2: activities yeah a couple points there uh 100 yeah. percent. first of all most people can't feel their lats contract here's a deep one for you most people don't even know what their t-shirt feels like on top of their body all right ask oh. somebody what their their shirt feels like on their body they're, you're going to stump them for a minute they're going to stop and they're going to have to think <laughs> about so it and they're going to go <laughs> then they're going to go and they're going to go Wow, I've never really paid attention to what, like my t shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are so not aware of yeah. what's going on that you have to start there. Yeah. And, and so what, what things feel like in their body is going to be a whole, it's especially when you start introducing people to flexibility training, it's, it's to be like sort of kind of corny and like soft and, you know, not so manly and whatever right now. Like it's, it's kind of a beautiful experience to have Yeah. when people experience it for the first time for real, because they, you, it's something that you can't avoid. It's when you get into a stretch and, and you're sitting there with me, especially if you're in a stretch, you're going to feel it, you're going to experience it. Um, it, it's not something you can avoid, which, mm-hmm. which is like something that we do generally with pain and discomfort, right? Is we are constantly trying to avoid it. Where, when it comes to flexibility work and strength training too, of course, it's something you have, I mean, maybe not everybody with strength training. Cause I, I'll say a lot of people go into the gym and just do the comfort stuff, but yeah. you know, people, you start to, it's, it's an awareness that just comes. Yeah. It, it, it's it like absolutely an in- internal
0: experience. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like, wow, that's actually what that feels like yeah. there. Wow. That's intense. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so. Yeah, it, it, it's quite an interesting experience in getting people to, you know, what does that feel like, and, and and asking those kind of questions, right? Because so many times do we see trainers in in certain gyms or whatever, you know, they're just counting reps, they're just glorified, you know, mm-hmm. macro trackers or or whatever. It's like they're just, okay, good job. 12, blah, blah, blah. like I've never, most places, you know, I'm working on a commercial gym right now. I won't say where until my facility is being built, but it's like, <laughs> they never ask them questions about anything. Yeah. It's like, how does that feel? Where does that feel? Like, where do yeah. you feel it? Yeah. Is there any, you know, it's like nothing it's zilch. Like, you know, nothing about your client, their body. They don't know anything, but they're just, you're talking, they're just chatting. They're just pushing the machine. and They have no idea what's going on. They're not even, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's kind of a sad state of affairs, but, yeah. but I will say if you work with kids, um, I have had uh this experience working with 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 kids, uh dancers, gymnasts. Um you you can see some some hyper flexibility built into those kids. And I say hyper flexibility because hyper flexibility and hypermobility are not the same thing clinically, just for those who are listening. And if you've ever been told you're hypermobile, hypermobile is is a is a genetic uh Predisposition you'll generally have with that comes with laxity of connective tissue in the joints. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your flexibility. You can be hypermobile and not be flexible. Um, you know, so it's but hyperflexibility in terms of having like extremes, ra- extreme ranges of motion, but literally being able to exhibit no strength whatsoever. There, I have seen that for sure mm-hmm. in young kids. Unfortunately, kids that you know are in schools or, 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 or schools that just don't really have any sort of, uh, idea yeah. <laughs> going to be quite frank with you, <laughs> you know, like that's why they're, that's why they came to see me because they need some <laughs> strength. Um, so yeah, I have seen it, but it, it but you're only going to see it generally in those settings. It's, it's very, very rare. It's very yeah. rare. Yeah.
0: So as people start to incorporate, uh, flexibility into their training, there are a couple myths uh i believe they're myths now after working with you for sure um around flexibility and strength so how does flexibility this is kind of a two-part question how does flexibility play into their strength training and getting stronger than maybe they would without pursuing flexibility and then also to kind of the other side of that is some people say and you briefly touched on this that flexibility makes you weaker um could you dispel that myth a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to dig up here, so I'll try to keep it as, as simple as I possibly can. But to allow people to understand the the, the basic of, the basics of flexibility, okay? Um, the definition of flexibility clinically, uh, in the literature, in the research, um, in sports literature and research, the definition of flexibility is simply range of motion um and, and this like if you can just take that away today you you're, you're going to come out way better than most already because there's a lot of you know well flexibility is just passive range of motion and mobility is active range of motion and you know yada yada, yada. It's, it's just not true it's not true at all um flexibility is joint range of motion whatever range of motion you can display no matter how big no matter how small it's still flexibility Mm-hmm. So, when, we, when, when, when I use the word flexibility, I'm describing an individual as a whole, their range of motion, or the range of motion of certain muscle groups uh, joining, whatever. The point is that that is what flexibility is. So, again, it, it's, people think of it as either A, it's, it's passive, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just like this flaccid, passive range of motion, <laughs> right? Or um, that it's extreme, Like, like, like the splits is flexibility, but doing a bench press is not, is not flexibility or, you know, scratching my back is not flexibility, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's weird kind of like, I don't know. I don't think there's persons, you know, so to speak, that's responsible. There's just not a lot of good education or information on flexibility. So really what you get is kind of like this telephone game of like, somebody said this one thing about flexibility sometime, one time, and and it just kind of carried on and people just took it, didn't even think about it and just regurgitated it over and over and over. And it just, that's, it just kind of spread. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a bit of a semantics thing, right? Like, sure. Like, but, but, you know, in my experience as a coach, semantics is kind of important. When you're talking with individuals, when you, when you're, when you're communicating with somebody else, the the words that you use to describe things like actions and emotions and things like this, it's kind of important, right? Like if Thomas went home and told his wife that, you know, that, hey, you know, like uh you know, you look you look nice, you know, she's gonna go, Oh, okay, thanks. You know, but if he goes home and was like, wow, babe, like, I don't know what it is, but you know, you're looking really hot tonight. She's gonna she's gonna like right, there's a difference it's gonna pull out a different feeling, right? Like you might mean the same thing but, but do you, but does it really mean the same thing? Right. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't like it, I'm sorry. That's why we have words. That's why we have language to describe certain things as accurately as we possibly can. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a canoe and a kayak and a sailboat and a, you know, a cruise ship, like they're all boats, but yeah. they're, but they're very different. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So it's like, what are we talking about here? And, and I, I just kind of have the same stance on flexibility and mobility is like, it can be as big or as little, as you want it to be or need it to be but at the end of the day it's still flexibility yeah you you showing me a bench press shows me the flexibility of your shoulders of your elbows you know of your spine like that's what it shows me um flexibility is four qualities right so we have passive range of motion we have uh active range of motion so basically we have two questions that we, we have to answer when we're about flexibility. We'll, we'll put it that way. Is a joint contracting or a muscle joint, whatever, because you know muscles can move joints. Um, is, a, is a joint or muscle group contracting or is it relaxing? Is it, is it passive or is it active? Okay. Then the other question we have to ask is, is it moving or is it still? Mm-hmm. which is going to give us dynamic and static. Yep. So static is still, dynamic is moving, active would be contracting, passive would be not contracting. And we can combine those four, you know qualities in in multiple ways, right? Because they can be they, you can have passive static. You can have static active.. Yeah. you can have, you know whatever. But people understand that like that's flexibility. It's defined by four qualities of movement determining, you know, that are determined by answering those two questions, is the joint contracting, or is it relaxing, um, or the muscle and is the joint moving or is it still? And -hmm. with those questions answered, we know what kind of flexibility we're talking about. So if I'm reaching and touching my toes and I'm just sitting there and I'm just touching my toes, then it's a static passive stretch. But if I go to kick a ball, then the stretch of my hamstring is probably going to be a static, I mean, a dynamic passive stretch mm-hmm.
1: yep.
2: because the hamstring is actually going to be, uh, the quad or the hip flexor is going to be the contributor to the movement of the joint there. So the hamstring is actually going to be, um, not contracted you yeah. know, generally. So right, right. anyways, just some examples so people can think with it, um, that flexibility is, is range of motion. It's, it's really that simple. Um, mobility is actually defined as how the body is moving in space. So it, it really has, it, ha- it really has nothing to do with range of motion. It's you know if we look to the literature and we look to the research, and I have to shout out uh, my buddy Dan Van Zant, who is a massive researcher on flexibility, mm-hmm. probably really the only guy who's doing it, um, who contributes a lot of this information in an organized way. Um, so if you want more information like that, go check him out for most people, it's totally useless for us. We love it. We geek yeah. out on it. Yeah. But for our clients and stuff, who cares? Right. But the point is like, if I'm having a conversation with another colleague, it's important that if we're having this conversation, we know what we're talking about. For sure. So flexibility is, is range of motion, period. End of, end of story for me. Um, you can argue it all you want and I'll make those points and just, but that's like, that's how I know it. And, and, and I think that there's already such a massive gap between literature and researchers and then coaches, that any way that we can bridge that gap is going to be nothing but benefit to us. Yeah. So, you know, at least presenting the argument like, hey, we should all kind of be talking about the same thing here. If we're going to like, I'm saying flexibility, you're saying mobility, you're saying, you know, flexibility is bad, but you're saying mobility is good. It's like, we, we get like, we're going to sit down and have a serious conversation about this because yeah. I, I think it's, we should, you yeah, know, absolutely. um, because there is a lot of misinformation out there and people For sure. to some degree, mostly men and mostly athletes and stuff are scared of it. They are, they are scared of it. Anytime you bring up the word flexibility, <gasps> no, you can't have <laughs> to lose my game. You know, it's know. like, <laughs> I'm going to be slower, no. <laughs> you know? So yeah, which I think ask the second part of that question. Cause I know I kind of went off a tangent there, but, um,
0: yeah, well, that second yeah. part of the question was actually kind of what you just had mentioned that a lot of people think that it will make you weaker.
2: Yeah, so there there is a study that people use. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but it, it's it's used by pretty much all the strength coaches that say you shouldn't use flexibility, um, or that that flexibility is bad for you, or stretching is bad for you, mm-hmm. um, which is you know how we gain flexibility. Yeah. So at least one of the ways. <laughs> um, and, and basically, what it says is is that very thing, right? Like the context of the study is really bad because it's like people perform X stretch on x muscle group and then they go and they do a max effort on something that requires that same muscle group to do the work right and so it's like uh, you know i gave a really funny example earlier but it's like you know you're sitting on the blocks on the track you're a sprinter and you stretch your hamstrings for five minutes and then the gun goes off and you have to get up and sprint immediately like obviously there's going to be some sort of you know force output Degradation happening. Like you're not going to be as fast if you just stretch your hamstring for five minutes. Like we, I think we all understand that. Yeah. (laughs) But with that being said, there was actually another study that I I I posted recently that says that any uh, dynamic movement or dynamic stretching or dynamic exercise, whatever that follows a static passive stretch, essentially negates any of the negative effects. That the static passive stretch may have had on quote unquote performance Mm -hmm. which is a whole other conversation because then we need to sit down and talk about what does performance mean and we might be able to actually get into that because i think that's also a really good conversation Mm -hmm. especially in how we relate to flexibility because i do have my own views on how it actually enhances performance but the bottom line is the the context of the studies that these people use are usually so bad and i guarantee you if i go and ask lane norton how, how much he stretched it's probably going to be a big fat zero. He's probably never stretched a day in his life. So he has no actual idea whether stretching works or not. He just looks at a book and goes, oh, okay, yeah, stretching doesn't work. Next. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, it's honestly, I think it's a really irresponsible and unprofessional way of carrying yourself. Like, I feel like a lot of professionals, they need to talk about something they don't understand. Yeah. Instead of just saying, oh, I don't really know anything about flexibility, to be honest with you. Right. Or they just totally misunderstand or misapply the context. It's like, let me ask you this. Let me reverse the question, right? You're a sprinter. Okay. And, and actually, there's a really good study that, uh, that demonstrates this. There was a study done years ago on Nordics. And the, and the study was done by somebody very famous who made glute uh, hip thrusts very popular. Okay. Um, and basically, what they showed was that if you do Nordics before sprinting or whatever versus doing hip thrusts, Nordics actually negatively affect your sprinting and make you slower. While hip thrusts either negate you know, had no effect or made you faster, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you think about it, okay, so you just fatigue the shit out of your hamstrings, yeah, eccentrically, yeah, and then you go and sprint. Of course, it's of course it's, it's going to negatively gonna well. impact, yeah. 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 but no <laughs> one's going to do no one's going to do nordics and then go sprint like. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you might do hip thrust. It might potentiate some sort of end range hip extension yep, and you yep. might get really good glute activation. So that might be actually a good exercise, uh, you know, and you get predominantly a concentric hamstring contraction. So you're not really going to, you know, metabolically damage the hamstrings or fatigue them too much, but you're going to get some really good end range hip extension. So yeah, I could see why that might actually wake somebody's, you know, ass up to go and, and run and sprint <laughs> literally. It, literally, literally. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like that you have to really be able, you have to ask those first, be able to ask those questions because if you try to ask these questions and open these conversations discussions with a lot of these people, you get shut down immediately. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. there, there's no discussion to be had. They, they've already, you know, it's just like, Oh, you don't. you're an idiot. You don't I mean, it's very, you just go, go on his page, go look at, go look at the comments and people ask questions. Oh, you're just stupid. Or, Oh, you're just tied to this thought. Like you're not even willing to engage in the discussion, which is anti-science by the way. So, mm-hmm. You know, quit saying that you're backed by science if you if you're not even willing to have, you know, be questioned yeah. because that's it's against the scientific process right. as a whole. But mm-hmm. the point is, like, the context is usually really bad. That's that's that at the end of the day, again, you know, it's like do a one rep max deadlift, and as soon as you're done with your run one rep max deadlift, go and sprint fifty meters. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Oh wow, you ran slower. <laughs> I guess we should stop (laughs) using deadlifts to strengthen your hamstring. You know, it's just like, yeah, but again, no one, they don't use it like that. So, you know, and of course, if you gave them the same example, they go, well, I don't use deadlifts like that. Of course you don't deadlift right before you go sprint. That's stupid. Well, you go, okay, well, I don't stress for five minutes right before I go sprint. That's stupid. And it's, you know, it's just like the, the argument is just really, it's, it's so dumb because it just takes a little bit of critical thinking and asking a couple questions and you start to realize that it's extremely misled mm-hmm. and misrepresented. They have no experience with flexibility at all themselves or using it with other people. Uh, and then they just all together, because of all the mix mash of those things, They just it's really bad context that they use to provide or that they sit on uh, and, and make an argument. And it's just like, honestly, a lot of those arguments I could pick apart all day long because it's just like, but they don't want to have the conversation. You right. know, they just they just they pander to their audience. Yep. You know, you're a powerlifter and you say you don't do stretching. Of course, every fat powerlifter wants to go. Yeah, great. I don't have to stretch now. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's like like you know who your audience is. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. great, awesome job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for sure. So yeah. So there is no real negative effect, especially and how it should be if it's integrated with a strength program. Yeah. And your skill program you know your skill right right. work or your sport or whatever yeah um and i think if you're gonna have all three generally like no one's gonna say stop training and just stretch and you're gonna run faster that's the other thing it's like no of course stretching made doesn't you know like duh like (laughs) like you know like and that's a lot of the other the studies also is you have to look at that did they stop training their sport did were they still strength training you know, and a lot of times because these studies are, have to be either A, so controlled that they take out all other possible factors um, or they don't even think about it all together. So it's like, you know, it, really, it's just, I really just personally think it's a really poor argument. Personally yeah. and professionally, I think it's a horrible argument. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. It's, it's a really irresponsible and immature statement to even make um, mm-hmm. because it's just simply not true. Right. Um, it's not to say that some people don't have more flexibility than they need or that some people maybe don't need to pursue flexibility in certain areas that they have enough to do whatever it is that they need to do. But there really is no evidence whatsoever that we can directly correlate to somebody having flexibility and somebody poorly performing. Yeah. Whatever Mm -hmm. that means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, because performance is task based as well, right? Like if we're, if we're measuring performance, we have to know what the outcome is of the task that we're executing. Like what are we trying to accomplish with this so that, you know, then that throws a wrench in everything because then it's like, you know, I could argue that maybe flexibility actually does improve performance. In fact, I've, in fact, and I'll just say this and we can, we can move on from it. I had the pleasure of working with an NFL uh, defensive back Mm -hmm. uh, who, who had a very long career. Um, And uh, you know, he had obviously done strength training and stuff for, for a long time. Um, And uh, he, I, I started working with him a little bit. Um, and just, and just on, on flexibility stuff, because uh, somebody else was doing all his strength training and, and stuff like that. Um, and I gave him a stretch routine and I was like, dude, do this two, three times a week, you know, and, and that's all you need or whatever. So his, his, his last year, either the year before his last or the last year in his league, I think it was the year before his last, cause the last year he played for the bills. Um, but he went out for a tryout. He's seven years in the league and he stretched for an hour. In his hotel room, uh, I I think he said about an hour before he went out to the field to go run his 40, Mm because they were doing some some testing on him, right? His seventh year in the league, he ran his fastest 40 ever. Mm. Mm. His seventh year in the league, the only thing he changed, the only thing he changed was stretching for an hour, an hour before he went out and sprinted. Yeah. <laughs> now, am I going to sit here and say stretching makes you faster? Not necessarily. Because obviously there's mechanical effects that flexibility has, stretching has on you. There's neurological effects, okay? Maybe it just made him more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it maybe it made him less jittery. So he performed better because he just wasn't nervous because he actually pulled in some of that parasympathetic nervous system and he just chilled out. Yeah. And he wasn't nervous about his tryout. But he still performed better. Right. So who cares? Mm-hmm. Really? Like who cares? If he feels and I and I didn't ask him, by the way. He came to me and said, Jeff, the only thing I changed this year, I ran my fastest 40 to date. He got signed. He ended up playing for two more years in the league. All he did, all he changed that year was stretching. That's it. Yeah. That's all he did. Wow. Um, in, in combination with his strength training that he was doing with somebody else who's a very great, great coach. But the point is, is that that's all he changed, yeah. and to him, in his mind, it's it's it had a massive impact on his performance in a positive way. So, if you try to tell him that stretching impacts your performance, he'd probably have a log on meet with you as well. I won't even have to have it.
0: Yeah,
2: and that's just one example. Right. But it's mm-hmm. a good example of oh, you know, NFL player or oh, whatever. But you know, it's a good example <laughs> yeah. of of like of how you know. Okay, let's just worst case scenario: stretching helps you sleep better. Well, shit. We all know. We all know. Good sleep makes you a good performer, <laughs> right? Right. For the most part. So, at the worst worst case scenario, stretching all it does is help you sleep better. You spend you spend forty five minutes to an hour before you sleep, and you sleep better. I mean, I'll take that too. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Absolutely. laughs> good night's so, sleep is very yeah. valuable. Absolutely.
0: Especially when you got little ones. Right. Oh yeah. I, I don't know absolutely. What's up. You both know. Call it what's not up. yet. I'm not there. That we know of. Uh, They may be in Canada. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to
1: come knocking. (laughs) So then what are some of the things that you have to recommend for people when they're getting started along this uh, journey?
2: Yeah. I mean, the easiest way is to find somebody who... One supports it. (laughs) That's gonna be step one, obviously. His Instagram is Um, at
1: Flexible. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Look, I'll say this. You know, I might get some DMs after this of people who are upset and angry. But (laughs) yoga, uh, and that's the other thing, right? Is like there's a heavy correlation between flexibility and yoga. Like, trust me, even I get asked that. I actually wanted to. I I I wanted to ask you,
0: ask you about (laughs) this because this is a common um conversation that we have in our gym is that we'll say, you know, if someone's like, oh, I'm super tight or this is hurting or whatever, what are you doing for your
2: flexibility? Oh, I do yoga three times a week.
0: Like, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just have never really had anyone at all really say, Wow, man, like yoga really made me more flexible. What I find is that people that tend to be more flexible, predominantly women in yoga, uh, they gravitate towards it mm-hmm. because it's it's a capacity that they display to some degree, and they are successful at it. Actually, in retrospect, when I when I think about that, my very first exposure to to actual stretching, you know, was yoga when I was doing CrossFit. Uh, you know. I had like a crush on some girl and she went to yoga like three (laughs) times a week. So I was like, well, I'll go to yoga, you know, (laughs) but then really like 40 minutes of the, you know, 60 minutes, I was just standing there because I could not do anything that they were doing. Now, you know, whether it was the coach, whether it was the class, whether it was the whatever, but the bottom line is like, that's what a lot of people think is going to get them flexible. And then it doesn't. And so then they're like, well, I can't be flexible because I tried yoga and I didn't get flexible. And, and again, it's look. It, it's going to be depend highly upon the coach. It's going to depend on the style of yoga because there is some yeah. yoga that I found, like Yin yoga specifically, is long duration holds, a lot of static. So like, if you're going to yoga, try to find some Yin yoga. If if like really joint range of motions, what you're trying to improve, mm-hmm. um, that's it's a really good type of yoga. But the point is that like, that's also one of the things is like everyone assumes yoga and they go try yoga. And they stand, like, how are you going to get flexible if you're just standing there for 45 minutes because you can't do anything? There's 30 people in the class and the teacher can't, you know, just come over there and stretch you out, you know what I mean, or find like all these different positions. What can you do? What can you get in to get the, you know? So finding somebody, you know, who, who can give you like a full body routine two to three times a week. That shouldn't be an extensive amount of time. That's like so, like, everyone's watched six hours of Netflix this week. Next time, instead of sitting on the couch, sit there for an hour, do while you watch your TV and, 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 you know, that's a great start is just exploring your body and through exploration of going through your ankles and your calves and your quads and your hamstrings and then into your hips and then into your low back. And then your oblique, like you work your way up Mm -hmm. through a full body routine, which is usually how I give it to people kind of like up the chain. Um, you'll, you'll start to figure things out. You'll start to feel things out. Like, Okay, maybe maybe quad, maybe hamstring flexibility comes to you, but maybe quad flexibility is not so good. Yeah, or maybe your quad flexibility is really good. You know, those things can be highly individual. But that's really the best way to start. Find someone who has a track record of of getting people the results they want, whether it's strength or flexibility. Um, reaching out to them, and then, but but just even still, you know, go on YouTube. You know, you can obviously find my stuff, you guys' stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons of people who teach it. It's just you have to find whoever resonates with you and, and, you know, whoever can work with your situation or lifestyle or whatever, but it's not that hard. Everyone knows how to stretch. They just don't do it long enough. That's really the issue. Yeah. So set a timer, hold yourself accountable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So following up on that, like with, I know with some people getting into flexibility, I've heard you talk about this before and some other people that um, coach flexibility, there's a perception of, of pain when they, when they experience that stretching sensation. Um, yeah. And so what's, what, what do you recommend or, uh, how do you coach people through those initial periods of discomfort to kind of get them through that and kind of over that hump?
2: Yeah, that's a really good point because that's the first emotion that you're going to pull from people as soon as they start to really stretch is fear and what they perceive as pain. Hopefully they're not actually in pain when they're stretching Mm because that's not, we have to understand that like what's actually occurring, you know, chemically (laughs) or like, you know, physically or mentally, whatever, um, versus what are you, what do you perceive it as? Because a lot of people make the connection, even though it's a false connection, Yeah. right? So we'll just say discomfort, people get extremely uncomfortable, um, you know, and I never really thought about it like this, but I was having a conversation with Kit Laughlin, who is one of the big, one of my biggest mentors for flexibility. Um, and he speaks in a way that you just kind of get it. Um, and I remember the, him saying one time, pretty sure it was Tim, that he was like exploring new range of motion is like exploring the depths of space.
0: Mm.
2: You have to understand to your brain, you're literally going into a territory that you've never been before which I think is like a really scary, but also beautiful thought. If you think about it, it's like you, your your brain is literally going, uh-uh, nope. Don't want to step over that edge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's the, it's you kind of fighting with yourself and, and, in kind of gaining, regaining control over fear is, is very the first step. It's, you just have to guide him through it. It's, People like this is what you're going to experience. Yeah, it's okay. Um, You know, learning how to breathe. Breathing is a massive component in flexibility and in success of flexibility, as well as just life. Obviously, yeah. like we have to yeah. breathe to be here. But breathing well, being conscious and intentional about your breathing while you're stretching is probably the biggest takeaway for me. And that's when I saw the most success and most progress. And it's funny because. I'll actually share this with you guys. Um, I got a message from a guy yesterday who actually did one of our uh, online classes, uh, Thomas. When I was running the oh yeah the Zoom calls, yeah, um, he sent me a message just kind of out of nowhere, and he told me that one of the biggest revelations of the past year uh, with stretching was one of the one when we were doing one of the Zoom classes, and he said that I had you guys hold a passive stretch for at least five minutes, <laughs> and um, yeah he said, you know, whatever stretch it was, he goes, he goes, I remember it specifically. He goes, because you lost track of time and then laughed about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Actually. I never did that. Did I, <laughs> I, th-
0: I think he did once. Oh, maybe you were kidding. Yeah, I
2: totally, I totally lost track. No, I think I probably did. Yeah. I was probably talking or something, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. like, I was like, Oh wow, it's been a lot longer than five minutes. But, <laughs> yeah. um, he said that the five, the, that five minutes was my first experience of his stretch reflex in his body actually relaxing. Yeah. He had to hang out in the stretch past a point of fear. And learning that, just that one day is what actually opened up the barrier to all of his progress going forward. And he says that anyone who trivializes passive stretching and the actual skill involved is limiting their athlete's progress because he's a coach them himself. But yeah. the point of that is sharing that in on this podcast is that sometimes it takes that. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the research says about how long you have to hold a stretch for X and Y to happen because I know from working with people, it might take me 10 minutes to get you to chill out and relax. Yeah, mm-hmm. And if that's what it takes, that's what we're going to do. Um, and so... You know, you'll get that kind of like people start holding their breath, yep. people start breathing really fast, they start breathing through their mouth. Like the common signs of people that are like struggling or in fear or panic or their cortisol is spiking or yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, learning how to manage that. So that you know, flexibility isn't just about strength or, or just about range of motion. It's also about managing your nervous system, mm-hmm. teaching yourself how to relax, how to chill out how to be relaxed, be relaxed. And, you know, and, you know, Kit Laughlin off to cats, yeah. the difference between dogs, dogs, are very like on edge, right They're They're always on edge, always looking, seeking approval, always looking ready for action, whatever. Whereas cats are always just, they're just relaxed all the time, right up until the moment that they need the strength or the energy or the whatever. They're very efficient animals, they're very, very efficient. And I, and I really feel that way. I really feel like flexibility offers that to to us as well. You know, if you've ever coached like a high school football team, it's the most exhausting hour of your life because they come in so amped up. And I'm not saying this is always bad, (laughs) but they are like this 24-7, 16, 17 year olds, just constantly stimulated with media with food with energy drinks with coffee with girls with whatever <laughs> that when when you try to get them to just chill out yeah. and relax that's asking a lot out of an individual especially people in, like now this past year has been like the most stressful year of probably most people's lives yeah. adult lives at least kids for sure too but oh, yeah. adult lives it's like what a crazy year this has been. People are stressed out. People are working from home. Their kids are screaming in the back when you're trying to work, etc. cetera. Like, you are stressed out. Just start stretching, man. Just yeah. start stretching. It's the breathing, the learning how to breathe, the learning how to relax, the learning how to manage that system, is it, that has its own benefits aside of just improving range of motion. That's just one thing it offers us. I think it offers us so much more, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah. 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 And I've had experiences myself
0: with, uh, you know, you talk about the breathing. I mean, you and I have been working on breathing in, in a couple different contexts, but I find that I will catch myself. Um, when I'm in a stretch that feels maybe, uh, pretty intense, I find myself like holding my breath and I do have to work yeah. to remind myself, like calm down, like breathe into it. And then as I yep. do that, I can feel myself actually get deeper into that stretch.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess to kind of answer your question, because you asked how I get people to manage that is 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 really through breathing. Yeah. Use breathing as your scale to measure the intensity. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, if you find yourself doing that, back out of the stretch. You're you're either you're either in it too much or that's that's when the real skill of becoming more much more flexible develops of saying no 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 i'm not going to do this. i'm going to take big deep breaths in now and i'm, I'm going to relax here i i've i've i understand that i've now found that place where my body wants to reject it i'm going to take control of this situation and now mm-hmm. i'm going to breathe and now. so for most beginners it's like okay just back out a little bit you know i relate it to like a one rep max go like 75 80% never no need to really ever go more than 85% incrementally that 85% you know that will improve. It goes more in your range, you know, whatever. Um, you know, if you were working with me, we're going to push it because I know what to look for. I know how much to push you, how much I can't push you, these kind of things. But, um, you know, just be methodical about it. You, You just, and that's the thing is it just takes a little bit of awareness. You have to understand, like, Oh man, I am holding my breath, or I'm freaking out. Like I need, to, you need to come out of the stretch. That's the other mistake that people make is people try to just go like balls to the wall. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you're gonna hold, a, you're gonna hold a stretch for 90 seconds. Like go all in. They go 100. It's like whoa, 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 relax. Like ease your way into it. It's like warming up. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like you're not gonna go. You're not just gonna walk up to a squat where I can do a one rep max. You're gonna do you know a few warm up sets, and then and then and then probably build up to that rep max. It's, it's the same with stretching take your take your time period that you're stretching for whether it's 3 minutes, 5 minutes or whatever and incrementally incrementally build up your intensity to the point where for that just the last little 20 30% of that time are you actually really getting it to the point where you're starting you're going to start to push it and you're basically just potentiating the relaxation in the nervous system to just let go you 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 spend majority of the time in positions that are moderately uncomfortable but manageable and then go for it at the end but the two mistakes people make is they just go way too much way too soon. So mm-hmm. then they can't actually hold this the stretch, the duration that they need to and get enough time in it. Um, you know, or they are there and they can't manage it uh, you know, through the breathing or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny that you said that about the squat or the stretching, and you talk, you know, we because I know we've done a lot of breathing stuff, which is with the squatting and stuff too. Mm-hmm. You have to think of the two ends of the spectrum as yin and yang. A lot of times when you're lifting, you're trying to create as much tension as possible to not only to to move the weight, but to protect yourself from being moved by the weight. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas stretching is quite the opposite. You have to you have to let go. You have to, you know, breathing in taking is, is you know breathing in and inhaling is creating that, that tension and that expansion. And breathing out and letting go is compressing and letting letting it, letting it all out. You know, what I mean, let it go. So it's kind of the yin and the yang of, of the whole they they complement each other really well. And having the skill to do both, uh, you have mastered breathing and bracing and tensioning and releasing that tension when and where you need it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of guys are just stuck on the one end, they're just tense all the time. Yeah. Because that's what they've trained themselves to do. Um so yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh very, very uh helpful, I think. Uh in
0: terms of how we can communicate to people, you know, how to deal with some of those issues when, uh, or those uncomfortable feelings when getting into flexibility. So
1: when people want to like stop, then they're like, yeah,
0: I mean, you know, like, I, I, we see that all the time in the gym, they get into couch stretch and immediately that's the one that like almost always I put people there. in and they're just <laughs> like, holy shit, what is this that you're doing to me? They're like, I
1: need to take a, w- a break just to just yeah,
0: and And then like,
2: no, I, they just, they rather foam roll.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, just back out of it and, you know, and then I just slowly work them up. But uh, a few couple a yeah. couple uh, questions to kind of wrap things up. So the first one, um, how do you measure? So with all of this information, once you start applying it, how do you measure success with flexibility?
2: Oh, well, obviously, if you see uh, improvements in degrees of joint range. Right, which can be measured. I mean, you can physically measure it or you can just see it objectively. Take a photo. Like like somebody came in and they could only get, you know, 45 degrees of flexion or, you know, whatever relative to the torso. And, you know, now they can go full overhead or, you know, there's like many ways. Like bend over. Okay, my fingertips are at my knees. In four weeks, now my finger, you know, six weeks, my fingertips are past my knees. And another six weeks, my fingertips are towards my shins. Like there's a lot of objective ways looking that you can go. Range of motion has improved. Um, in the meantime, until you see those improvements, it's just like, it's just like, you know, a guy who's trying to put a muscle mass, right? Like you go do a hard workout and then you go home and crush 3000 calories. You're not gonna wake up the next, you know, boom. Sw- you know I mean, like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> Flexibility doesn't <laughs> either. So you have to like, how do we, how do we measure it until then? It's very simple, right? Like, With lifting, it's like, okay, obviously your food intake is going to measure your calories in, calories out, whatever, if you measure food. But just whether you're eating more or less is going to be a good metric. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the strength going up? So hopefully, you know, I keep logs on all my training. I realize that a lot of people may not, but it's you want want to not get discouraged with progress, keep logs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that when you're training, you're constantly pushing the barrier. You're constantly pushing the edge most of the time you're never gonna feel feel like you're succeeding yeah you know what I mean because it's always gonna be hard right like if right. you're training yeah. it's always gonna be hard so it's like it's never gonna you're never gonna wake up when day and you're just go I mean if it was too easy you're not you're not training hard enough add more weight add more rep, whatever but you know so there's a lot of metrics and strength training that we can use and even just in terms of body comp stuff like that for flexibility until I see actual uh, measurements it's mostly, experience emotions uh and subjective feedback how they feel yeah it's going to be the most important measurement until then um you know and and that that's really that's really the only way yeah um is people say hey i feel you know feel better you know you guys have, you, my you, back you see my tight. success stories that i've yeah. shared yeah my back doesn't feel like crap my head yeah. doesn't feel like this Wow! Yesterday, I went to go do something that normally I like think twice about, and I didn't think twice about. And not only did I did it, do it, I did it well. You know, what I mean? yeah, like yeah. There's a, you'll just you'll start to get that feedback. So you'll yeah. get a lot of objectively as a coach, you have your own ways of you'll see it, um, hopefully, and then subjectively as the client, they'll have their own feelings and emotions and things that they start to experience in their life that they will relay back to you, guaranteed. If what you're doing is working. They will relay it back to you. I do not. I have never in my life asked a client for us for like, hey, can you shoot me a success? Like, yeah, blah, blah. no, all my stuff is unsolicited. Yep. They if you're doing if you're doing a good job, you will you will know, you'll you'll know. Yeah, you, you know you won't have to question it, but you just have to make them understand. Like, look if 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 you're if you're a guy who's trying to put on weight, you know you know, give it sixty to ninety days to really see. Your work, mm-hmm. you know, right? Like all the food you've been eating and all the, 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 whatever, you know, or if you're trying to improve your squat, like give it a few months. So we, know, we all time. know this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same with flexibility. You just have to get them. I'm not saying people won't have early breakthroughs or quick breakthroughs because sometimes that happens mm-hmm. because they were, mm-hmm. they were so bad or it was so bad. And those are usually the ones that you see that, right. is like, they were so like, you know, I had a girl who, who was going to go get hip surgery and she stopped but she like literally had 0 degrees of internal range of motion mm-hmm. in her hip like mm-hmm. literally 0 that's why she was getting a hip replacement yeah. and it's like as soon as she got like 5 degrees which didn't take long cuz when you're so negative you know it's it's like when people are are you know I, you know I try to say this as as nice as possible but like severely or morbidly obese yeah mm-hmm. the weight starts just right, falling right. off yeah. almost instantly yeah. Yeah. and then they start to plateau off as they get closer and closer to what's more natural weight for them it's, it's kind of a similar scenario in terms of like, if you're really at a, a level where you are quote unquote at a s- extreme dysfunction, mm-hmm. you might see stuff happening very quickly within days or weeks. Um, but just understand that there's a, a timeline that you have to respect. There's just biology and, and physiology. Because, mm-hmm. You know, models and law have to respect. It's going to take, you know what I mean? And, and that's yeah. the other thing about all the studies, like not to just ran on and on, but it's like, a six-week st- study about flexibility is not going to tell you much, because yeah. I know for the majority of people, it's going to take a lot longer than six weeks to see any sort of results. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, who wants to spend millions of dollars on a, on 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 months and months worth of flexibility? Like, it's just not, it's just not valuable enough to people to do that. So you're never going to see a study, you know, you're never going to see it like you see twenty-year studies on sprinting teams and so. Like, you're never going to see that ever. So you you're you know the best information you're going to have is if this is something that you use as a modality to improve your client's lives and well-being, that's that's all you need. That's mm-hmm. all you're ever gonna need.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so to, to wrap things up, um, I know you talked a little bit about um, like people finding a coach to get started, uh, which is for sure a valuable thing to do. But if people are listening to this right now, like what is one or a couple key takeaways if someone's like i just want to get started with flexibility kind of just like on my own maybe doing some youtube research whatever what are some some keys that you would provide in those people getting started
2: um i don't put a lot of of youtube content out yet if i had to if if there were two people that i would recommend to go on youtube tonight if you want to find some good stretching and good information about stuff you can get started with today kit laughlin is going to be number one uh Australian uh <laughs> Australian everything I mean the guy is like super chill well studied <laughs> well researched yeah he's he has an extensive uh career in all things physical culture he's been endurance uh you know athlete he's been a strength athlete uh, he's taught flexibility for decades he's actually done tons of research himself on it um so he would be the best resource Kate Laughlin um and then one of his best students slash understudies um you know he's who's done tons of his own great work as well but how i actually found out about him is emmett lewis Mm -hmm. both of them provide tons of excellent free content on their youtube that you can get started with today um and it's going to be the best that you're going to find it's it's you know you're going to see a lot of bs of Mm -hmm. like these corny marketable like ballerina stretches like no yeah like go <laughs> go find those two people and, and you will that will be more than enough to get most people started today like yeah. without a doubt. yeah yeah
0: awesome
1: awesome thank you again
0: yeah
2: this
1: Much was great appreciate- this was great. is great this amazing. is
0: a, a very fun episode for for me uh, especially because I've been diving into it uh, m- myself a lot mm-hmm. more within the last year working with you And, uh, some other folks, definitely I've looked into Emmett Emmett and Kit and I can, I can attest to that. They have a lot of good information out there that is pretty digestible too. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, this was, this is a lot of fun.
1: I'm learning. So I'm getting into this. (laughs) This is awesome. It's fun.
2: It's a rabbit hole, man. It's it's a rabbit hole, but it's a cool experience. And, you know, I'll say, I'll say this to just kind of finish off my my chat I could talk about this stuff for hours cuz I really enjoy it but um like more hours we've already talked about it yeah. for hours but more hours I could just go on and on and on um is I am 30 years old and and you know I've been a performing athlete my whole life to some capacity and I feel better this year than I've ever felt my entire life and I absolutely 100% without a doubt contribute a majority of that to finding out what flexibility true is and pursuing it to really one of the highest levels most people are going to pursue it to because I've taken it to extremes that most people will never need to do. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it for, for certain, 100% without a doubt, give it a chance. Give it a true fighting chance with the right person. And I promise you, you will never look back. You will never look back it's it's it literally has offered me such great things that i can enjoy i can train hard i can train hard uh, i love doing obviously every other guy out there i love all the same stuff you guys do bench press and squats and you know all the good stuff right um, but my kids is one of the other big benefits you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm one of, i go to you know i take my son to the local trampoline park or whatever guaranteed i'm one of the if not the only, one of the only two or three fathers that are out there actually enjoying that process with them. Yeah. Being able to mm-hmm. do those things and be in the trenches with my kids and feel like a kid and not feel like, you know, like, oh, like, oh my I don't know, my back. I don't know if my knee is gonna handle that. I don't know if my whatever. And it's not because I do this professionally. It doesn't take a lot of time. It really doesn't you just have to be honest and prioritize your time a little better Mm -hmm. or fit it in like we discussed earlier with stuff that you're already doing um you know or stuff that you're not doing like watching netflix or whatever or why you're listening (laughs) to this like just stretch yeah just start stretching and uh and and do it long enough and give it a a good enough run and i promise you you're going to experience nothing but good results you know, unless you're a complete idiot and you just like do one of these things that let me just try to drop in my side splits on chairs today, you know, like (laughs) obviously probably not a good idea. But, um, but I, you know, to end it, I've never in my, you see all these researchers and all these professionals talking about all the negative benefits that stretching has in 10 years. Eight of this, I've been using flexibility. I have never once ever professionally, I have worked with thousands and I literally mean thousands of people Where flexibility has been integrated into their training and they have never voiced any negative impacts whatsoever from flexibility. And for me, that is more than enough data than any study will ever give me about flexibility. Objectively, subjectively, it works if you do it correctly. Mm -hmm.
1: That's a good way to...
0: That is quite an endorsement for flexibility. So all you folks listening out there, listen to the man. Give Listen it a try. to the man. Give it a try. Stretch. 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 Buy in. And? And with that, avoid the bullshit.
1: Avoid the bullshit. Yeah. Thank you again, Mr. Wolf. Flexi Bull. Much yeah, that guys. That's, <laughs> that's a good Canadian clap. There we go. That was a very good clap. That was, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating.
0: This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production.
1: So absolutely. You can find us on social media, on Instagram at
0: Project13Gyms.
1: You can find myself at KemiFan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media?
0: You can find me at ConwayBunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y. B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.